Welcome to Surviving Society, a political podcast from a sociological perspective. I'm Chantel. Tiso. I'm Saskia. And this is our first podcast uh, based at the BSA conference in Glasgow. Um, we are joined today uh, with Shay Fife of BCU. Hi, Shay. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks so much for joining us, Shay. So you're in your second year at BCU. I'm actually in my third year of doctoral study. Oh, you're the third year. Sorry. My third year of doctoral research at the moment. Yes. No panic yet, though. No panic. No, it's the the, the speed is gathering, galloping quickly. It's becoming mm. becoming ever present. I need to hurry up now. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about your research? Yes, um, my research is concerned with exploring the political cultures of past black political mobilisation, um, independent political mobilisation and anti-establishmentarianism, um, specifically concerned with black power politics and also movements in black political culture such as Garveyism, Rastafarianism um, and, and organisations that have um, attempted to create black spaces within the wider nation state that they can um, empower their own communities. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about, because we like to deconstruct um, concepts on this podcast, can you tell us a little bit about what Garveyism and Rastafarianism are? So Garveyism is the movement that was covers its name from Marcus Garvey, who had a Pan-Africanist vision of political organisation and the repatriation of black people or people of African ancestry in the African diaspora back to the continent of Africa. He focused particularly on an independent economic model of capitalism, of black capitalism, and was very much driven towards encouraging black political and economic independence within black communities. He developed UNIA and that was an organisation that had millions of members over its time, more in a time without social media, time without internet, telephones, um, or telephones that were owned by everybody anyway at that time. So this is a United Negro Improvement Association? That is correct, And this was a global... It was a global organisation, yes. It had chapters in different parts of the world, also had a newspaper as well. Marcus Garvey is held as a Pan-African pioneer within Caribbean culture and that directly impacted the social movement or the cultural, socio-cultural movement of Rastafarianism. So whenabouts was Marcus Garvey active? Um, in the early 20th century. Yes. Did, um, have I got this right, that Du Bois presented at one of the conferences? Yes, Du Bois was very much engaged with yeah. the narrative of Pan-Africanism, yeah. um, especially pertaining to how he felt socialism and Marx, Marx in the implementation of Marxist theory into black advancement mm. and his and his impact on how that would feed into the repatriation acts of Garveyism. So yes, he was very much involved with the narratives of Garveyism. So this is something I always think is really interesting, that when you're taught Marxism at sociology undergrad, you're taught like Marx, and then you're taught about the revolutions in Europe in 1848. Althusser. Althusser. (laughs) And then they're kind of like, and that's Marxism. And like no one ever mentions the fact that it had this huge global movement like, and has so much um, resonance for people of colour who were struggling against the colonisation enforced by the British Empire and mm. the French empires. Yeah. Like, and when we think about um, engagement with Marxism, with the Marxist 
um, ideologies in 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 the 1960 during the Black Power movement of um, Black Panthers, they were very internationalist in their politics. They um, they had discussions and they were very much involved with the communism in Cuba. Of course, we all know that Sartre Shakur ended up in Cuba. I'm not sure how controversial both in that point is. Um, but of course, that is that was born out of that relationship with the the politically ideological allegiance that they found one another mm. based in this this very clear oppression that they were both facing, maybe in different parts of the world, of course, but under the same regime of, of imperial colonialism mm-hmm. and um, cultural imperialism. But you find that was picked up, that motif was picked up in the 1980s by the far right, and they have this kind of internationalist movement with Gaddafi, the BNP, and the mm-hmm. Ku Klux Klan. So this is, a, this is a similar pattern. Different groups around the world, where they, they kind of, they see struggle. So what kind of, what Satner was talking in his speech, where people have these ideas of kind of, there's, there's a link between us and our oppression. And this, this mm-hmm. debate, this debate is quite... It's quite, it's quite resonant now because that's what white people are saying. Mm-hmm. They, mm. they find yeah. themselves on the back foot. They, they feel victimised. So they use a language that's been developed for the 60s of counterculture to defend themselves. And they're saying, this is, this is us now. Well, that's what you see yes. on the internet. Yeah. This, is this is the establishment of these narratives of yeah. um, the imposing of... Well, multiculturalism. Well, yeah, well, the imposing of culture and multiculturalism into this sort of anti-colonial, post-colonial mm-hmm. um, discourse. And really, um, it's... The, I think what it is is this language that is so that it does so well in articulating um, this feeling of otherness that you may feel, of course, now that we're seeing um, it being applied to discourse of classism and um, working class disenfranchisement. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're seeing now is the is the reappropriation of this language or the. Um, I don't want to say appropriation because, of course, oppression is oppression um, in whichever form it takes, but in the sense of um, seeing the racial transcendence into the class, into the class, into classism that we are we're discussing, of course, that then feeds into discourses of Brexit, etc. Um, and this is why these discourses have become, or these discussions have become so much more mainstream now. But you see your, your, part, your point about the blackness. The blackness, Blackness, yes. for me, <laughs> is a point of introspection. So it's about us, we try to understand ourselves and we look at ourselves from how we've been told, how we told we were, and how we want to be. Mm-hmm. So where I'm looking at whiteness, but whiteness has no introspection. It wants to dominate. It wants to tell people how it is, and this is this is the key thing. So when I'm when I'm trying to get to understand what whiteness is, I kind of use blackness to kind of say that this is how we're looking into ourselves. So I kind of look at the works of Fanon and try how he's trying to say to have that kind of move away from looking bad be, be, seeing see yourself mm-hmm. in that negative image and have a positive image of yourself but whiteness hasn't doesn't have that in it mm-hmm. and this is what i think is a key difference when we're, when they're searching for these when these questions of identity and belonging are coming up they, that's that's something that's missing in that kind of ideology yes and this is definitely this um also feeds into when we speak about systems of knowledge production also in the implicit whiteness within these systems mm-hmm. because um when we speak about even we have to be able to differentiate between ideological intention and ideological outcome. Of course, we can see narratives of multiculturalism and reformism and all of these sort of um, democratic narratives of progressivism and um, let's move forward and let's be better than we were yesterday, which underpins very much of a of a leftist liberal, um, a leftist liberal approach to race and, and knowledge surrounding race. However, what we also need to look at is that blackness is something that, um, or blackness and race are, blackness is 
is centralizing ourselves in our own oppression, whereas race is a variable, is very much the looking upon of black people from white perspectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Looking at how um, whiteness is able to reform itself, of course, you know, when we engage with narratives such as critical whiteness studies, how whiteness is able to. Um, reform itself in order to be better to um, non-white and black people when really the onus shouldn't necessarily be on whiteness for us to expect that of whiteness it's for black to do for self well you see, see this question so the question i always thought and especially now it's quite pressing when i went to italy recently mm-hmm. how do you how do we under how do you frame a notion of blackness in the diaspora how do you how do you go about creating is it epistemology that works and it is emancipatory. Emancipatory. That's the word. Um, creating a construct of blackness, especially partic- um, politically, mm-hmm. excuse me, is it's in the melanin, I have to say, I have to just honestly be straight. It's in mm-hmm. the melanin, it's in being of African descent. When you are, wherever you are in the world, when you see somebody who is of African ancestry, you know that there is a shared entire history of you and that person, and it is having a political commitment to that person that transcends culture and language. Wait, see, and... and Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say that I, I agree what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I said, but in practice, in practice, in practice, in practice how it's worked. So, for example, when America had their first colony in Liberia, mm-hmm. so they were part of Garvey's and said they set back. So, when they went back, the, the Americans oppressed the native Africans, native Liberians, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's trying to get to that understanding of how do we. My thing at the moment, so when I go across the world and I'm trying to, and I'm in different countries, how do I. I'm trying to move move things forward. Mm-hmm. So, in Italy, there's a lot of black, young black guys, and one guy stopped me, and he said to me, "He tried to take you. You've got money. Give me your money." Mm-hmm. In McDonald's, this was, and I'm like, "Bro, like, like, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. we're black. I understand your oppression. I understand it, mm-hmm. but don't move and, to me like that." And what it is it's 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 that is it's that um, continuum of of post-colonial blackness to western blackness Mm -hmm. that idea that because you live in the west you have made it you are there you are you are essentially white if it doesn't matter how dark-skinned you are if you go to africa as a british black person to the locals you are white because whiteness isn't necessarily just rooted in Mm -hmm. ethnicity it's rooted in privilege and so that these are the mindsets that we have to unravel and the discussions that we have to have to um to undo the viewpoints of whiteness from this perspective of privilege and having the haves and the have-nots and see ourselves as as black blackness wherever we are is something that is a condition of impression and understanding that and i know it's difficult when it becomes a case of um of discussing it within the paradigm of um the, the economic structure of capitalism and, yeah. and having and not having if you're rich you, you cannot wealth out your and i know this is dramatically incorrect <laughs> you cannot wealth out your blackness no 100 you could and that's an understanding that sounds like a that. good great episode so you can't wealth out your blackness. <laughs> you can't out earn your blackness. Yeah. You can't. That's so powerful. So me and Saskia just sat here like nodding, nodding. <laughs> oh, that's so powerful. It is. I think one of the things that I I've got to get better at is trying to understand blackness from outside of the realms of racialization and racism. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like I can learn a lot from what you're talking about. Um, so I'm really looking forward to reading your PhD. Thank you so much. I am not looking forward to that. Get yourself a PhD, it's great. It's been a fantastic journey. I'm very much enjoying it. Of course, it, the task, as we all know, is arduous and, and long, but mm. the knowledge is there to be created and um, we're here to create it. Mm. Powerful, powerful. Thank you so much for, for inviting me to speak. Thank you.
Thank you Thanks for coming you on. Thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great. It's been great for me. Shay's presenting now as well. I am. I'm going to run off and get prepped, and um, hopefully it all goes well. Oh, good luck. Well Thank, Thank you. you. It's good, Bye. man. It's good. Uh, You've been listening to Surviving Society podcasting at the BSA conference. We're going to have lots of little podcasts coming out, so stay tuned for the next one.